I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Milk Quality Award winners John and Brendan Walsh give us advice on how to achieve optimum milk quality ahead of their open day on July 4th. It really started off maybe 20 years ago when the first talks about dairy hygiene came into view like and uh, I was at a Chagas meeting in Clanmel and the very first words that the Chagas person said, you're producing a food. And that just stuck in my head. So when, when, like when you're producing a food, you have to have things right, you know, hygiene wise. And then, then you can move on to your, you know, you have to have quality in, the, in, in your parlor, then produce a quality product in. And, you know, what What are the main factors that contribute to the high quality milk here, you know, as opposed to on other farms where it's it's not as good? Well, firstly, outside you have the grass, but then when you are milking, then you have to have hygiene. So between the two, you have to keep the two of them as high as you can. Like in the dairy, you have high hygiene from the minute they come in to the, min- to, to the minute they leave the, the, the parlour. Like the parlor, to me, has to be kept fairly right because you're producing the food and you're putting it into... It's a raw material and it's in a, it's in a bull tank. So you have to keep the area clean. And, and we'll say your working machine has to be kept to 100%. And you mentioned grass and, and you know, it seems quite important to you. Um, they're out to grass for how many days of the year on average? Brendan, we get we get over three hundred, get three or five I think last year, um, yeah three or five I think it was. So talk us through the grazing season. Yeah, so um, out out in late January, um, if weather permitting, um, but usually we get out in late January. Then it's um, spring rotation planner from then until April, um, usually late March early April, and then. Um, throughout throughout the summer, then um, was basically on the wedge. So strip wires are gone. Um, keeping covers, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, anything over that is cut. Any time <clears throat> we have a surplus, it'll be cut and just keep grass as best we can, lush and green. No, it's not happening now because we're in a drought. But um, as best you can to any bit of any bit of freshening up that has to be done, we'll do it with the more as opposed to the topper if we can. And then start building covers then from mid-August on until, until um, I suppose last year we were closing paddocks in October, around October 7th, but we might start a bit earlier this year because um, we find that if we actually, we can get to grass a bit earlier, so if we, it, it, it'll work better for us if we have more grass at the start of the year as opposed to the, the end of the year. So maybe start the first, or the, the last rotation on the 1st of October and close up the farm then maybe the last week or so of November um, and that'll be it then and if we just go back to spring you know when we talk about the seasons so you're getting out in late um, January mm. how can how can you maintain grass in the diet I, I know you mentioned the spring rotation planner but what level of grass is in the diet across the spring period um, I suppose that would vary the, at the start you're probably talking about maybe five six seven um for that early maybe two three three weeks then it'd be up on it kind of into late february 
10, maybe hitting 12, depending on the year. Like this year now, we would have been way back down. It would have been back towards, you know, if they're only getting out once a day, you're talking maybe seven. You'd be doing well to get seven kilos, but we'll say March 2017, we would have been, you know, that was a that was a relatively good um, period. Then we would have been up maybe 12, 13, 14, 14 towards the end, um, building up then to... To, you know, if you lower the meat, lower the silage, the grasses increase, and then. Um, and where in January, early February, when they're getting five, six kilos of grass, you know, when they're just maybe getting out for that one bout of grazing in the day, they're housed then indoors on silage. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And is how important is practices in the shed in terms of uh, cubicle cleaning? How important is that for milk quality? That probably has or had the biggest impact here on our cell count I would think because before um we were maybe we weren't liming all that often we weren't definitely weren't cleaning them down all that often and we were putting straw on the cubicle bed and since we stopped doing that liming twice a day and cleaning down um scraping the cubicle bed down our cell count is, is the lowest it's ever been so this year this spring is actually was actually our lowest cell count spring ever. Um, that was a real test this spring, like yes, because like I like I saw like Brendan was horsing out lime, like literally we used four four and a half ton of lime over the winter, and you know twice a day. It shows you know it really, especially like it was a real test because cows are in so long, like. And then if we consider then later on in the season, you're staying out at grass until almost the 1st of December in, in some years. Um, at that point, you know, are you doing some on-off grazing in, in from November and introducing silage in again or, or not? Generally, no, we don't actually have to go on-off. Um, <clears throat> now, sometimes we do, but generally we don't. If we do, it's nearly more to stretch it out another small bit as opposed to the weather conditions because what we have in um we started doing it there maybe three years ago is we put in permanent spur roadways so they're just like a narrow a narrow track with um sleek and basically we can get to the back of um the paddocks that they're in very easily without you know they can graze an area and then they don't have to travel over that area again um so that that helps both in the spring and the autumn if we need to but in the autumn time generally don't need to go on off it's more the springtime is where the and the pressure the numbers will be getting smaller from the first of november mm. the first calves are taken out so, so and like every week there's about roughly 20 cows being dried off so the numbers are getting smaller by the time you hit the first of december so your and, demand is yeah, going your demand down is for your, your demand is less like and with the reduction in yield in late lactation, you know, obviously concentrates, your fat and protein are increasing. But do you see an effect on your somatic cell also increasing towards the end of lactation or does it remain steady? It'll start to rise slightly, but it won't, it won't go, it won't become a problem. Okay, it'll, so it'll, no, nothing major? No. I think it was 130 was the highest. And that was for and December, and we only was, had two collections in December. That, that was so, for two collections in yeah. December. Like so. okay. I think it was, it was average 100 for November. And when we talk about, um, you know, you mentioned parlor hygiene is very important. Can you talk us through the process of, say, you know, you go out and bring in the cows, they hit the yard. Can you talk us through the process, how the cows are managed once they come into the parlor from coming into leaving? Once they come in, if they're 
clean, it's fine. They're, they're stripped and wiped down with cloth and then milk away and then uh, teeth spray after, after milking. If they're dirty, they're washed and then dried and just milk away then. And, and, but we'll say we're not doing any pre or we're just post, post spray. Um, tails are always, you know, we try and keep tails nice and clean as well. Um, that's basically it, and as regards milking the cow themselves, like. And th- stripping, would you strip it every milking? Every milking. Every cow. Without yeah. fail. It's just a, it was a question Jack put to me last year. Would you not skip it if you were going to a match? Or so you're in a hurry, like, no? It, just, it never came to my head. I, uh, and he looked at me, and then he says, I'm only joking. He says, just trying to catch you out. No, and, but it's uh, the most important thing. The most important do. thing, like, you know. So you, catch, just, you pick up something. But our part is very basic. There's nothing to it. There's no yeah. technology in it. Um, but you'll pick up. You'll pick up. You'll pick up in my side's case, possibly a milking before you would if you weren't you weren't stripping. Okay. And the fact that your somatic cell count is so low, you know, relative to national average or, you know, the majority of farmers, would you not think it would be a time saving would you know, would you ever consider doing it once a day or once every second day? Never even came into my head. Okay. It's just it's a routine we have. Yeah. And if the routine works that that and teeth spraying are probably teeth. the most two most important things that yeah. you could do. Um that you should be doing you know they're, they're 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 the two things that could have the biggest impact on your on your sale count you know when we consider your milk quality versus say the average farmer or a farmer below average you know there's you know you're making it sound very simple in terms of what you're doing but you're doing it very right what advice would you have for farmers who are struggling with say their somatic cell tbc for me it's as regards cell count and all that end of it, we'd say the first step to me would be in the drying off period. Like there, uh, what we do in ourselves is we 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 do we, we um you could divide the cows into we'd say three we say thirty three percent. One one group was cheat seal only. One group was uh, a weaker tube and a cheat seal, and then. The final group would be the higher, would say, they would have got a stronger Kepfen and a T-sealer. And what I found, would say, doing this, we did this last year, and I found that that's where your hygiene has to be. Don't be in a hurry the day you're trying off cows. Have a, you know, even if you did nothing else for the rest of the day, that's the job, because you have to take your time. Well, one thing I didn't know, you know, but would say when you're drying off cows, Everything is hygiene, clean. Everything is sterile. But one thing I did notice on the teeth sealer, I was that I was doing it wrong. When you open the tube, there's two di- different caps: the small one, and then you could pull off the whole lot. Well, I actually I was shoving it in too far. And it, it up into the to, other. It day. was going into the other. But last year, we just we just did the top, just the bare, just the bare little bit, so the others stayed at the top. And it proved to me, especially the winter that we had, not one cow calved down with mastitis, like, you know. So it just proved to me, like, there's what in that end as regards cell count. That's where your cell count starts. In the TPC end of it, what we do here is it's a hot wash once a day and we keep it in for the following. But the secret there to me, for me, is having the water hot, as in hot, hot, 75 we met Brendan measured it yesterday, it's actually 77 it was. And that's with a water condenser. And then I boosted with 
electricity just to bring it up but uh, having it hot um, that's hot wash every day descale once a week without, without fail pick your day I, my day for doing it was always Thursday people ask why a Thursday because someone could be in a hurry on a Friday might be the best of form on a Monday <laughs> you know what I mean that's the way I look at it but it's always done on a Thursday that's the kind of routine it's simple straightforward and just go back there for a minute to the, the drying off yeah. um, you've split it into three groups three groups you're yeah. one third teeth only and you know and, and so on what's the thinking behind that and have you always done that no we actually Brendan we started it two years ago yeah. uh, we picked cows we said two years ago we picked hef- first calvers under 60 for for a cell count and I was scared of me living daylights of it but we did the 10 we did we did 10 heifers or 10 first calvers and it worked perfect so then last year we picked we went up as far as what 80 is it 80 yeah 80 so and we, we just we did 30 percent but the secret to that 30 percent is when you do dry them off is it have leave them out don't do it when they're indoors or you know don't dry them off and leave them indoors they need to be out for let them soak up outside because to make sure there's there's no dripping of milk because you've no antibiotics. Just to, but it works very well if it's done right. But you have to be kind of you know they say you could you, could, you could go from a hundred. Just well tread carefully. Like as I say to someone that's nervous, if you're not sure, like just do a few. And then, but if you say if you're not very happy at all, take a week or two, and your teeth sealer rather than go for the strong one. With the winter that we had, it proved. It it does work like. Yeah. You know, because they were in so long and everything was against them. Like. But it probably wouldn't have worked with what we were doing before. So it is, you know, it is kind of that with how we were keeping the cubicles clean and dry, limed, um, scrapers r- running regularly. That was kind of part of it too. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, possibly wouldn't have worked so well in our old practices. Um, so the key, the key to the, the selected dry cow is take your time um, and cl- cleanliness and you know you're saying that you're selecting your animals with a lower than 60 or 80 thousand of a somatic cell mm. that obviously comes from your milk rec- recording records yeah. um, how often are you milk recording on this farm and and you know how much notice do you take of the results that you get from your ICVF reports yeah it's, it's it's four recordings, four yeah, four, four recordings. Like we, I was going to do an extra one last year, but just everything the weather went haywire and it didn't work out. Every, but no, we do. First, I always wait for the the text, of which was the highest, and you know you keep an eye on those cows. You know you, you keep them. That's the, they're the ones to be really watching for, and then you'd follow up on on the other. We'll say. Previous cases of mastitis then yeah follow up and cows that maybe had a case in the spring and um if you do maybe see the bull tank silicone rising slightly there be the 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 suspect cows to check first the 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 high cows from the recording in any previous cases of mastitis as well yeah because I would say even we were in the herd health as well and there was I had to you know you visit the the visitant in the autumn time you know whoever would be on and. Uh, he just told me to watch this particular cow. He says, he showed me the results and he said, you could see what way they're going. She kind of hopped up and back and up and back. And he just said, watch her now when she calves. 
and she did you know a couple of days after she did have mastitis like you know you know the simple thing like that like he was able to tell me or pass her on, on over the different recordings like what, what she was at like and it all came from the records so we wouldn't have known that if we weren't recording mm. you know um, and even the case of the mastitis as well there I record all them on, on hard watch so I can type in a cow's number flick back and I can see how many how many times she's she's had um, she's had mastitis over life well now I'm only using it three years but you know over time I'll be able to build up a, a good profile in this there's a couple of cows out there that have never had an antibiotic and it'll, you know, it'll benefit an awful lot even from a breeding point of view just to put together a group of cows that have never had any antibiotic treatment and they are the ideal cows to be breeding healthy young replacements off of, you know. So even, I suppose the main reason for for, for the... the um, the selective dry cow is is the antimicrobial resistance, but it will it will help us to to breed healthier animals too, because we'll know which ones are the ones that have been getting um that have been getting antibiotics and the ones that haven't. And you know, talking about high cows from recordings or where you're stripping cows, you might see clots of mastitis. Talk through the treatment of these cows. Um so I suppose what we would do first off is we would um, get the cows cultured. So basically to see what what bacteria is is at play. Um, so we did that. We did that last year, and no, sorry, in twenty sixteen we found out we were using the wrong tube. Um, that the tube we were using wasn't wasn't working. There were there were the the ones that we tested were resistant to that. So, um, so we changed tube and. Um, since we changed tubes, we're clearing up every 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 case is cleared up with with the with the tube we're using now. So the 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 routine would be, she gets three three tubes over three milkins. So she's mastitis this morning. It's morning, evening, morning. Um, a leg band is put on her leg. She gets written up on on the board. So the date she's tubed, um, the tube, tag number, and the withdrawal. So it's she's fully notified, everyone can see that she's been treated and everyone knows then to keep her out of the out of the bull tank. Um once she once she's gone through her treatment then we will uh, we'll see him to her and if she's still if she's still maybe a little bit thick on that, we'll leave her out for another couple of days maybe. Um <clears throat> and once she's clear on that then she'll she'll go back into the tank. And I guess following on from that, and you mentioned you keep the record and you see a, a, say a persistent offender in terms of high somatic cell. Are you culling and have you culled in the past based on uh, poor other health? I suppose what, the main thing we'd be doing with that information is not breeding off her anyway. That'd be the first thing. Um, so generally if a cow has two cases, um, she won't be, she won't be two cases in a year. So if a cow had two cases in 2017, she wouldn't have been bred for dairy replacement in 2018. We would have been maybe in, in years gone by. Um, we haven't really had to in the last couple of years. Um, there might be one or two cows as a cow that Dad mentioned there earlier, but generally there's nearly another issue that she might be going for as well. There, okay. there isn't any more. There isn't any specific cow that has to be pulled because of somatic cell count.
So I guess just to wrap up, I think the main points I've taken from uh, the podcast really is that, you know, hygiene is really, really important and not to insult you, but you're not doing anything amazing here. It's just all the basics and getting the basics right. So hygiene would be number one, I suppose, grassland, getting cows out to grass and getting them out early in the season and keeping them out as long as possible. And and finally, then records, keeping records and using the records to your advantage when, um, you know, doing things like dry off and selective dry cow therapy. Um, I suppose the final question I have is what can we expect on the 4th of July um, at your open day? Um, no grass or things don't pick up. Um, but other than that, I suppose maybe just a, an insight into kind of what we are doing, where 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 we've kind of maybe come from and I suppose where we're planning to go um, and just to look around our facilities, um, the sheds, the parlour, um, stand on milk quality so you 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 know we'd be able to discuss our current performance our, pre, our, our past performance um that'll move on to be a grassland stand in so um grassland management spring management autumn management um and carrying on from that then there'll be a, a sustainability a sustainability stand so i suppose what that what that entails for us and um it kind of it kind of pulls the whole lot in together um and then to finish up, then there'll be um, there'll be an open forum then with with Dave Gleeson in the in the parlor, um, and then kind of after that, then there'll be just there'll be food and and drinks, I suppose, in the in the cafes, and people can mingle and talk and discuss and meet meet and chat to us afterwards if if they want. That's great. Thanks, guys. No problem. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast, and my thanks to John and Brendan Walsh for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.